Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. I'm Eric Dewey, and with me today is Chris. Hey, everybody. And we're here to talk to you about everything that doesn't matter. Welcome to the show. And I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Is this a kissing book? Whole generations of disposable people. Talking about slavery. So I got that going, which is nice. Hey there, Chris. How have you been? Doing good, man. Doing good. Yeah, it's been uh, a little while since we uh, sat down and had a conversation and, and talked about things that don't matter. Um, we seem to have a fairly good response listener-wise to the first episode. Um, didn't really get much feedback on social media or any actual interaction yet. So uh, if you guys are out there listening... Definitely hit us up. We, we we want to talk to you. We want to hear from you as well. But uh, hopefully you like what we're doing and like what we will continue to, to do in the future. Sure. Hope uh, glad to hear that everyone that, that listened enjoyed. Hopefully enjoyed the podcast. <laughs> well, they didn't get we didn't get any hate mail that. either. You know, we didn't we didn't get any you know love mail any any love letters or anything. But uh, we didn't get any hate mail either. So I, I take that as a win. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, Fine. Claim that as a net victory. Either that or we're just not important enough to, for somebody to say, you guys suck yet. Which, I don't think there's anything on the internet that's not important enough to tell them when they suck. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's, that's a rule of the internet. It's it's like one of those probably laws. Rule 35, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you, if somebody sucks on the internet, you must tell them. Well, today yeah, we are um, going to uh, get a little bit more focused than the last time around where we just kind of uh, rambled on about nothing. Today we're going to ramble on about something. Uh, nice. Specifically, we're going to talk about streaming services and uh, cool. what they, uh, you know, what it's all about. Yeah. You, know, you know what streaming services are, right? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> They're all those little apps I have on my phone. You're, you're familiar with the concept. I've signed, uh, I've signed up for you know a couple here and there. <laughs> yes, they are. You know, we're talking about you know your basic streaming services like Netflix and Hulu, um, Amazon Prime. You know these sorts of things where content has really shifted over the past years to this type of model. We're seeing a lot more in the streaming space, um, and it really kind of I, I feel it started maybe with YouTube. But it really became a thing when Netflix started offering real content as yep. a streaming platform. Um, that's when I think people really started thinking like, hey, wait a minute, maybe this is a way that I could watch stuff instead of cable or DVDs or Blu-rays or a combination or whatever. I think before yep. that, you know, internet videos and stuff were just kind of a, a side thing. You know, people, you know, they were either just little clips or you know, pirated stuff maybe but it really wasn't um a big thing and now what's that it's pirate stuff yeah i know right, it's just, it's right. <laughs> well i'll tell you what i uh honestly i haven't had to in quite some time because almost everything that i want is available legitimately somehow the only time that I ever did was when I, we'll I couldn't get into this find a something. A little bit later, then, but that might be changing with the proliferation of streaming services. Uh, yeah, there, there is. Uh, yeah, there are some issues. Like everything's 
kind of good right now. And it's nice that there's uh, different content out there. However, we are seeing this kind of move with some places trying to consolidate things in their own little bundles. And with the demise of net neutrality, we've got that issue coming up where some services are going to be potentially more accessible than others. And that's another another issue altogether. I mean, we won't, won't get into that too much this time around. But for the, uh, for the most part, I think that streaming services, as of right now, are pretty much a, a, a good thing. Wait, Agreed. Where do you fall on this? Um, I fall on the, uh, it's a wonderful time to be a science fiction fantasy fan because every streaming service and their uncle are working to nail down those exclusives and that Game of Thrones long-form storytelling-type content so they can start you know, wooing customers to their streaming platform. Right. Uh, case, in, case in point... Um, I'm a big Robert Jordan Wheel of Time fan, so I'm excited to see that that's going to show up on uh, Amazon Prime at some point. Oh, okay. Um, and Amazon Prime has also picked up The Expanse. Hulu has picked up, you know, The Orville from Fox, which is going to let them make some more, make some stronger, edgier content. So it's it's a it's a really good time to be a content consumer right now, mm-hmm. especially if you like solid long form storytelling that all of a sudden companies are willing to throw coin at. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the money. Basically you, you've got the, the content creators need to make their money obviously. And they're finding that, Hey, by giving people what they actually want instead of what the advertiser thinks they want, it's amazing how much better content I think we're getting. (laughs) Agreed. But uh, we'll we'll jump into that a little bit later, too. I wanted to start off with just kind of a quick breakdown. Um, I'm curious to know, what streaming services uh, do you subscribe to? Uh, Netflix, Hulu, mm-hmm. uh, Amazon Prime Video, mm-hmm. uh, CBS, All Access, uh, Disney Plus, and YouTube TV. Okay. I have and all I have of those my, except YouTube. I have my YouTube. shelf in Google Play Movies. Okay. Yeah, I've got everything of those except for YouTube TV. I'm, I don't have the YouTube TV. Um, in addition to those, I also have Hulu with the live TV package, which is probably why I don't need the YouTube TV because that's right. how I'm getting my TV is, is that. I also have the MLB.TV um, single team package for my Diamondbacks, which works Go out D-backs. really well for me uh, out here in Ohio because – if I were in Arizona and wanted to use that, I wouldn't be able to watch half the games because all the right. home games would be blacked out. Uh, I would have to have a cable s- subscription to watch the game streaming, which is the dumbest thing ever anyways. But because um, basically the only time I have a blacked out game that I can't watch on MLB.TV for my Diamondbacks right now is when they're playing uh, Cincinnati. When they play Cincinnati right, in right. Cincinnati, I can't watch it. When they're at home, it's fine. But when it's yeah, when they're playing Cincinnati in Cincinnati, I can't watch it. I can only listen to the radio broadcast. Well, except uh, actually that's not true. I can't watch it on MLB.tv. I can watch it on Hulu <laughs> with the live TV package. Right. So I, I've got that going on for me. So I can I can keep up with my Diamondbacks. Um, and then I have, in addition to um, the Amazon Prime, I have added on to that the HBO uh, Showtime and oh, – yeah. um, 
we had Cinemax for a while, but we did drop that one because uh, it just wasn't, it, it didn't have everything, it, it didn't have anything that we wanted anymore. So we, we, dro- we ended up dropping that one. But um, I'm trying to think if there's any others that we have. Oh, uh, my wife has the Lifetime Movie Network uh, streaming oh, yeah. service and um, the Hallmark Movie Channel streaming service as well. Um, and then we have uh, in the music format, I guess we have uh, Spotify. We've got the family plan with the five accounts under one roof situation going on, uh, which is really nice because we've got the Amazon Echoes that can uh, connect to the Spotify and you know we can use that to, to listen to music throughout the house and whatnot. So that's pretty nice. Um, I'm trying to think of if there's anything that I'm missing. Oh, yeah, we just... Um, <laughs> This will be a big surprise to anybody who knows me from any other show. I actually uh, paid money for an Apple product. I did subscribe to the Apple Plus or Apple TV Plus, whatever oh, it is. God, you're gonna have to tell me what you think about that. That just I kind of cringe whenever I see the commercials for their offerings. Um, it's we got it. It's kind of amusing actually. We got it specifically because my wife wanted to watch the Jason Momoa show. Uh, C. And then we started watching that, and we both decided this wasn't for us, and we stopped watching it. Um, and then we started watching some of the other stuff they had, and uh, there's a couple of shows on there that are actually pretty good. I was We, we just watched through the first season of um, – What's it? I think it's called to tell the truth. No, what is it called? Uh, truth be told. Truth be told, which is oh. uh, based around a podcaster. So it's kind of interesting, but it was very well done. It was a very well done story. Um, the acting was fantastic. Uh, I definitely recommend that if you have Apple Plus or whatever that service is called, um, check out that show. It's pretty good. And there's a couple others on there that my wife is enjoying. So um, so far, it's been worth it because it's a it's one of the lower priced ones. I think it's only like five bucks a month or something like that. So it's not uh, it's not super expensive, and it's got some some decent content on there. Um, one kind of under the radar offering is uh, YouTube Originals, and there's so YouTube has started producing their own content as well. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I know about this is because of word of mouth. One of my buddies recommended a show to me, and hands down. It's a great show, and it's called Wayne. And if you're not familiar with it, I recommend you check it out. Um, it's basically about this kid growing up in uh, Boston, hard knock life, hard knock kid, and just dealing with his shitty family situation at home and dealing with shitty turn in life. And it's funny, and it's heartbreaking, and I really recommend it. I'll check it. Now, do you have to have the YouTube TV to get that, or the YouTube? Uh, are they still calling it YouTube Red? They are. And, <laughs> do um, they do they not know? Are they really unaware that there already is a tube service with the word Red in the name? <laughs> um, when they could, when they announced it could that, be that they're aware of it. When they when they announced that, I was like, really? They're for real, they're going YouTube Red, even though there is a Red another, Tube, another which video, is a uh, video hosting service with Red and Tube in the name. Yes, um, so. it's porn. Okay, it's pornography, is what it is. It is naked people doing things to each other. Um, not that there's <laughs> anything wrong with that. No, no, I'm but. not saying. I, you know, um, honestly, that's a whole nother discussion as to whether or not you choose to consume that type of material or not, and your reasonings. Don't care. Not going to not going to uh, knock you for it. Uh, You know, I just think it's amusing that YouTube would knowingly put out a service that uh, that's name was so close to uh, something that already existed and was was 
pretty popular, so, actually. I think it's like the second or third rated <laughs> of those type of sites. So the, the side benefit to um, YouTube Red is if you pay for the service, you get Google Play Music for free or vice versa. And the way I discovered this is I use Google Play Music instead of Spotify for all my music and playlists. And they said, oh, by the way, you get free you know, YouTube Red with a family subscription. So hooray. And one of my buddies called out Wayne to me and he said, you need to check this out. And I did. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a good value. You get, and, and the other side benefit is with YouTube Red, you don't have to deal with any commercials on YouTube whatsoever. So that's... <laughs> oh, so even when you're doing like regular YouTube videos, you don't have the ads yeah. before. Or yeah. There's now no, they're putting them smack no in the commercials middle. halfway or, you know, two thirds of the way, you know, one, one third of the way and two thirds of the way through whatever you're watching. Yeah. So you get to watch uninterrupted YouTube videos. Well, that's uh, that's always nice. I If I watched YouTube more often, that might be worth it just for that. Um you know, sure. my, my daughter would probably like that because she is between TikTok and YouTube. I'm pretty sure those are the only two apps that her phone ever actually uses. Uh, certainly not the messaging app, because whenever I try to message her, I don't get a response. So I know that's not getting any use. Um, but the uh, YouTube and TikTok apps are definitely getting some heavy play there. So she might be interested in something like that. Might have to let her know that that's an option available to her. I it's not something that I need. Usually the only time I actually open YouTube for anything is if I know there's a new movie trailer out that I that I want to see. I'll usually YouTube is the easiest way to find it immediately. Um, for the the price of one or two albums a month, you know, which I was buying my either myself or my wife or my daughter a CD once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. And it's a compact disc for you for you kids out there. And <laughs> at the end of it, I was like, all right, well, I could just pay this. Wait a minute. And we get Physical stream media? all the music we want. And yeah, it's it's wonderful. So. That's why I like my uh, Spotify. I, I resisted Spotify for the longest time. Um, and then it was kind of, I got turned on to it because my uh, co-hosts from Socially Awkward Studios, Steve-O and Matt, they would, at the end of the year, share their playlist that uh, that Spotify puts together of your most played songs for the year, your genre, you know, it does all that fun stuff for you. And when they shared that with me one year, I was like, you know what, this is, this is actually pretty cool. Like, I'll check this out. I'll do the free trial or whatever and see if I like it better because I was using Pandora before that and I was paying for Pandora I was paying the five bucks a month to get the commercial free Pandora but I was blown away with the um, the power that Spotify had compared to Pandora as far as like being able to yeah I can make a station based around a genre of music or one song and then it plays more like yeah. like same as as Pandora but I could also find a specific song and just play that song, which was mind-blowing to me at the time, <laughs> having been using Pandora for th- like three or four years, <laughs> almost exclusively. Uh, you know, we you know we, we forgot to do something. What's that? What are you drinking tonight? Oh, I am a classy AF over here. I have a box of the Naked Grape Pinot Noir because it was on clearance at my local Kroger. And I was like, you know wow. what? I could go for some I, – I, I'm planning on doing a, uh, a beef roast this weekend. So I needed some red wine for that. Nice. And so I was like, you know what? I'll – grab this box for for cheap and i will uh, have myself a couple of glasses and it's actually not bad uh it's uh, it's kind of amusing to me i wine is the one type of liquor that uh i can still drink the cheap stuff i've ruined my taste for cheap beer i can't drink it 
ruined my taste for cheap liquor like whiskey and vodka. And I can't I can't drink the cheap stuff anymore. I just can't do it. But wine, I can still take down a bottle of three buck chuck and be perfectly happy uh, oh. any day of the week. So I love you so much. You know that. <laughs> I almost feel guilty because I'm I'm drinking a microbrew tonight. Ooh, so. what do you have? Uh, Founders Blushing Monk. Oh, so. okay. I haven't had that particular. I've had several Founders uh, brews, yeah. but um, their I their IPA, the uh, Centennial, is really good. Yeah, bought it completely on a whim. I was like, that looks interesting, and it was a holiday, so I picked up a six pack of you know the Christmas ale that was sitting there, and mm-hmm. there was a four pack of this Blushing Monk sitting there. I was like, oh, I'll give it a whirl. Right on. And I just cracked cracked it open for the first time tonight. And it, I'm telling you, wow, dude. I mean, I'm not one for drinking, you know, like, uh, well, I'll drink like hard ciders and stuff like that. But uh, I came into this completely unexpected. And this is a, a raspberry beer. Okay. And it's got a 94 on Beer Advocate. And it's pretty damn good. Huh. I'll have to check and see if that's available at my local uh, beverage emporium that I that I'd like to frequent around here. Um, yeah. it might be might be something I could give a shot to. I did just have uh, recently this past weekend. Uh, I had a really tasty winter brew called Fireside Chat from Twenty mm. First Amendment Brewery. Mm. Um, that was a really really good winter ale. Dark dark brown ale. Um, hint of of spice to it not overpowering like flavored spices like you get some of these winter brews that are just like spiced ale and it's just it literally tastes like they took a beer and then just added some some spice flavor to it this tasted like it had been brewed in um it was really really good i very much enjoyed it um nice and we went out to bj's brewery for dinner my daughter and i the other night and i had a uh, glass of the goliath imperial red ale Mm-hmm. Um, which was, it's supposed to be uh, an imperial, a double imperial IPA, or a double imperial red IPA, or a red double imperial IPA, or red imperial double IPA. I don't know. I don't know which order those words are supposed to go in, but that's you know, what it was, it was. You know, it was a red, it was a double, it was an imperial. So, um, and it was, it was fairly tasty. It, it's uh, really high uh, uh, on the ABV scale, so it's a stronger beer and. You definitely taste that, which meant it was a little bit too syrupy sweet from my normal taste. It wasn't my absolute favorite. Um, I rounded the night out at BJ's with a Tatanka Stout, which is always a, a good one from them. Um, that's an, a, an Imperial Stout from them, and it's really good. So, mm. I had a, a really good nitro um, nitro porter the other night, and I was a knucklehead, and I did not record it in Untapped. Which, by the way, on Untapped, I am that underscore Adams underscore guy. You can and, find me uh, at Eric J. Dewey on the Untapped as well as most yeah. social media platforms. Um, yeah, that's uh, I, I love a good. I'm I'm a fan of the darker beers. Uh, you know, oh, stouts, porters, brown ales, um, even you know, even going into red ales, and then IPAs. You know, I, I'm a basic white boy. I like my IPAs. Um, I wouldn't say the Hoppier the better necessarily though because I actually do prefer them uh, more balanced as far as the IBUs. I like something in the you know 50 to 70 range uh, is usually as high as I want to go. Anything Eric's higher than that. Claw again. <laughs> Not that basic. I may be basic, but I ain't that basic. <laughs> I love everyone, even you white claw drinkers. So thank, <laughs> thank you for listening. Um, 
Anyway, yeah, we sorry, we I, I really derailed us. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Like I said, we're we're rambling with a with a topic this time. Um, it's what we drink while we watch TV. There's actually, and this really actually kind of made me a little bit angry. There is essentially a streaming service uh, for beer uh, that keeps getting advertised on Untapped when I when I go to to sign in, and I think this would be really cool. And they were running a really good special to start out with. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to do this. And I got all the way through the process and then found out, oh, guess what? They can't ship to. They can't ship in Ohio. Come on. So I was like, oh. But it was basically like a subscription-type service where they send you – you get this little mini keg refrigerator thing. And then they send you these kegs, uh, these little mini keg bottles of um, – Essentially, you know, sealed growlers, basically, of oh, yeah. different microbrews. That and each month you get a different one, and you know you get to sample something new, and it's like basically on tap at your house. And I was like, that would be cool. I would love to just put that in the studio and you know have that for podcasting and stuff. And they were running a special where the the machine was free, and the first month was free, and the next four months were like. 10 bucks a month and then if you didn't cancel after that i think it goes up to like 25 bucks a month or something like that that's like columbia house beer yeah exactly but they actually make it so that's the thing with these subscription services nowadays you can usually actually for old timers kids (laughs) the thing is though with with, uh (laughs) with columbia house canceling was a nightmare Right. Most of these subscription services these days, they actually make it fairly simple and straightforward to cancel. It's not usually too big a deal to cancel. You just It's just about remembering to do it. Um, and that's the thing. That's, that's where they get people. People literally just forget, and then they get their next box, and they're like, oh, yeah, I meant to cancel that. Oh, well, oh, well this is kind of cool. Maybe I won't cancel, you know. And that's that's how they get you. Um, or they they have the upcoming next month, and they looks like some really cool stuff. And you're like, okay, maybe one more month. That's how I ended up with so many uh, starships in my uh, <laughs> collection. <laughs> because I was just like, ooh, what's next month? Oh, yeah, yeah, I want that one. Okay, one more month. One more month. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So favorite uh, streaming TV show of recent memory? Uh, see, the, for, for the... Um, favorite show or like most used service like a little from column a a little from column b okay so my most used service is probably still netflix um probably a toss-up between netflix and hulu i think i use those fairly equally back and forth it just kind of depends on who's got what um and then you know third place would probably be Amazon. Um, that's where a lot of the shows that I watch independently are, you know, with like a grand tour and, uh, Bosch, uh, the boys, um, you know, all those shows on, on oh, Amazon. Yeah. Thanks for the boys recommendation. That was freaking awesome. Oh, I can't wait for season two. It's coming soon and it looks like it's going to be amazing. Um, they had a little like teaser trailer for it. It was just like, yes. Um, I'm excited. Um, as far as favorite show, definitely Star Trek uh, Discovery on CBS All Access. I love the heck out of the first two seasons of that show. Um, season three is coming out later this year. Picard, which is another Star Trek show that is going to be an original to CBS All Access. That is coming out this month. Um, that comes out the 23rd of January. Um, it might might be out already, depending on when this episode actually uh Yes. It gets finished and broadcast, but um, yes. 
uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I am absolutely loving what the streaming platform has been able to do for Trek. Yes. Um, it's, Even my wife is excited for Picard. Yeah. Mine too, surprisingly enough. Like, I couldn't get her. I've tried several times to get her to watch Discovery with me. I'm like, I, I think you'll like it. Like, I really think you'll like it. It's a good It's a good show, even if you don't know Star Trek. You, you don't have I, I to know Star wife, Trek. But if it's not called The Midwife or Anne with an E, she doesn't really watch it. So I'm super <laughs> stoked that she wants to watch Picard. <laughs> Um, man, Patrick Stewart, just everybody loves Patrick Stewart. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Picard. I think that's going to be amazing. And the, the Star Trek offerings, the, just the fact that we've gotten new Trek and the fact that it was so good, it was so well done. Um, you know, they had a huge budget, so we got great effects, uh, both, Mm. you know, practical and CGI. You got, some great acting and what was really great about it is that I feel like, and I don't know if this is just the times and it happens to be along the same time as streaming originals are starting to become more prolific, or if it's something about the way streaming originals are put together, that's causing this, you know, I I don't know if there's any, you know, causal effect going on between these two things, but I feel that we're getting much more diverse casts in some of these streaming originals and it's, a really good thing, oh, not great. just for representation, which is always it's always good to, uh, you know, have Hey, look, there's different people in the world. There's different people on this show. That's that's always good. But it also is expanding the talent base so much. We're getting, I think, much better acting and directing and cinematography and every every level of production on these shows because they're opening it up to such a broader base of talent. Uh, I I feel like that's a really good thing for TV in general. I, I don't know if, like I said, if it's one is causing the other or if it just happens to be happening at the same time, but it's good and I like it. I'm really enjoying the fact that we don't have to suffer through a two hour version of a story that should have been six hours just because two hours was all a guy could get greenlit from a studio. Right. So I'm, I'm really pleased that there's, because five, 10 years ago, there wasn't really anything to watch on TV. I mean, it was just all (laughs) derivative stuff. So I'm really happy to see 15 versions of CSI. Yes. Some of them may have been called criminal minds or NCIS or this, that, or the other thing, but they were all CSI. (laughs) There was even a a wild West CSI that, you know, it was a, it was a trope or a spinoff on CSI or not an actual CSI. It was a CSI clone, Yeah, but it took place in the wild West and they were trying to, you know, spin it like, Hey, we're discovering, you know, the basics of forensic science and we're implementing it here in the Wild West. And I was like, oh, God, please no. (laughs) Kill kill me now. I was about to say on the flip side of what you said, as far as no longer are we getting six hour stories crammed into two hours because they have the time to to do it. But we're also not getting 10 hours worth of story spread out over 26 hours. Because yes. they have to fill that many episodes and you get a little bit of an arc, just just enough to sort of tie them together. But each one is different and you really don't need any of the others. Yeah, that 8 to 14 hour episodic content block is pretty sweet. Yeah, I really like that they're basically just saying, OK, how much time do you need to tell the story? All right, we'll cut that up into basically hour-ish Sections, And that's the other thing, too, is they're not constrained to a, okay, you need 42 and a half minutes of content 
and then we're going to fill in the commercials and we're going to have exactly an hour because it has to be broadcast from this time to this time. No, it's streaming service. You got a 54 minute show. Great. 54 minutes. You got a 57 minute show. Boom. 57 minutes. An hour and 30 minute show. Boom. There you go. Whatever you need to tell the story properly, you get. It's not forced into any kind of time constraint, either smaller or larger than you need. I think that's a good thing for storytelling in general. And that's something that you can't do on broadcast TV yeah, because very much, very much agree. Yeah. Um, I'm a little hesitant about the upcoming Lord of the Rings uh, series. I think it's coming from Amazon, hmm. um, especially since they haven't said a whole lot about what they're doing other than, <laughs> Hey, everybody get hyped because there's a Lord of the Rings series coming. Um, so, yeah. I haven't heard a lot about it. I, I, I've seen that it is something that is going to exist. And that's about it. I'm neither hyped nor non-hyped because I just, I'm not, I'm a bad nerd. I have never been a fan of, of Lord of the Rings. Um, uh, never watched the movies because I can't stand Elijah Wood's face. I, I th- nothing wrong with the guy. I'm sure he's a very nice fellow. I don't have anything against him personally. I've never heard anything bad spoken about him, but his face makes me angry and I don't know why, but it does. I kind of have the same feelings about Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. I've never <laughs> been a, a fan of Leo DiCaprio. And so I can, you know, I can feel with you. I can yeah, feel it's, you it's just weird. It's just mm, something about his face just grinds my gears. Um, but so, and since I didn't enjoy the books when I read them, I never felt the need to to suffer through his face for the movies. So I'm sure they're great. Everybody who enjoys them, hey, more power to you. Um, I was tempted to to watch the Hobbit movies just because, you know, obviously less Elijah Wood and, uh, you know, be able to to enjoy them perhaps. But never got around to it. And I, I probably won't at this point unless it's just something that's that's on in a room that I'm in. But, I, uh, I, you know, I've never been a huge Lord of the Rings fan, but that being said, um, in order to get some good bond bonding time in with my, with my buddies, um, we did marathon the extended edition versions of Lord of the Rings in an all day, um, marathon that I dubbed hashtag no sleep till Mordor. <laughs> so it was, it was great. And I got to tell you though, that Lord of the Rings, you know, has been ruined for me because of meme culture. <laughs> because every time you start coming into a scene, you're like, oh shit, here it comes. And it's like, there's the moment that Boromir's holding his finger, you know, his hand up the way he does. And I'm like, God damn one, it. I'm one does not simply it. watch the Lord of the Rings without one memeing every scene. Mar- you know, <laughs> marathon the Lord of the Rings extended edition without losing yourself to the memes. So, and then of course, you know, they're taking the homage to Isengard, which just, we had us rolling. But um, anyway, yeah, if you can check out the pictures of that on my Instagram feed at hashtag no sleep till Mordor <laughs> or at, you know, that underscore Adams underscore guy. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, that was that, that was that was fun. But speaking um, of marathoning stuff, that's another uh, advantage, oh, yeah. I think, to to streaming services is the is the binge watch. Um, whether it be an old show that you you've watched 20 times or one of these new shows that you just want to watch all of the story all together, you have that ability now where yes. you never really had that before unless something came out on DVD and, yes. you know, so I, that's changed storytelling somewhat as well. I think you have this, so this ability. The upside is I can consume all episodes of letter Kenny in one day on Hulu <laughs> when it hits. Um, the kind of the downside is, Oh God, what show was it? 
I, I marathoned something. It was like seven or eight hours, and I was ashamed after I did it. I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to come back to it. But a counterpoint, Disney Plus, Mandalorian, you could not binge. They released those in a slow drip. That was painful. Yeah. Um, I just finally finished those up, actually, the other day. Um, I was watching them with my roommate, and unfortunately, we have opposite schedules. I work first shift. He works second shift. So um, finding time for both of us, to, you know, we, we were like decided, like, yeah, we're going to watch it. You know, we'll watch it together, whatever. Um, and so we finally got caught up and watched the end of that. I really enjoyed that. Um, a lot of the shows, they, it, I think it's kind of 50-50 right now. You have the shows that are releasing one a week. Yep. But the upside to that is if you're watching them as they come out, yeah, you have to wait the week like you would for any normal TV show. Uh, they did that with Star Trek Discovery. They released it once, oh, yeah. you know, one every week. And uh, I'd be willing to bet that the, that Picard is going to be the same. The upside to that is that I get that anticipation of waiting and, and you know, wanting to find out what's happening and being excited to watch a new episode. Yeah. As opposed to uh, just everything dropped at once. I'm like, okay, now I can just watch all of it or I can watch a few episodes or I can watch. Like, yeah, that's one sort of freedom. But I do kind of like that anticipation. And then I like the fact that it's always available to me immediately if I want to pick it back up. Like when I went yes. through Discovery, uh, season two especially because it was just so dang good, I would, I, you know, I, the first episode came out and I watched it and I was like, yes. And then I watched it again. And then I watched it again right before recording a, a podcast episode about it. And then episode two was about to come out. So I watched episode one again and then watched episode two. And then I watched episode two again and then again. And yeah, I watched each episode several times, but then before each episode came out, I could watch all of them in a row. Yes. And so I was like creating these multiple mini binges on the way up. And so when the I final can't. episode was released, I'm watching the entire season all the way through at that point. Yeah, so it, it kind of has that trade off. Like if you want to binge it, you can just wait until the season ends and then binge it. Or you can but, watch it as it comes out. Um, it just kind of depends on, on your style. And also how willing you are to avoid certain parts of the internet for things that are really popular where there might be spoilers, like with Game of Thrones and Mandalorian, things like that, where there's a lot of people out there who really want to talk about it right away, and sometimes they don't know how to keep their big yap shut for just a few days to let people catch up. So have you hit the point where you're having to pick and choose between streaming services and start having to make cuts on what you want to subscribe to? Um, or are you pretty much still under what you would be paying for traditional cable? Well, I'm still so under I'm still under what I used to pay just for cable and internet. And uh, at the time we had the Netflix disc service. Yes, mm -hmm. that, that used to be a thing. And evidently it still, still is. Thing, yeah, I just found that out the other day. I was shocked. I was like, what? <laughs> you can still get actual discs from Netflix? <laughs> what? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just with those services, just the disc service from Netflix, cable, and internet, I was paying more than I pay now for internet and all of my streaming services. Yep. Now, I did. I didn't necessarily have to cut anything that I was using, but I did, when Disney Plus released, I did go through all of my services and check and make sure that there wasn't anything that I've been paying for that I'm not using. And I did, in fact, find two things that I had been paying for for many months that I didn't actually use. I was paying for Amazon Music, and I was paying for um, Kindle Plus, or Kindle Unlimited, I'm sorry. Um, I, di I didn't even realize it. So I cut both of those, 
and was able to add uh, Disney Plus and Apple and still pay. And now and it still reduced my total cost because both of those services were cheaper than the two that I cut. As of so, right now, I think I'm kind of at the max level that I want to be at for what I'm paying. So any new services from here on out, yeah. I would have to take a look at, okay, what can I what can I trade for this if I need it? I don't believe there's anything on the horizon that's going to cause that issue as of right now. I don't know of anything being released in the near future that's going to cause that issue. I, obviously, something's going to come up, but I think Disney Plus was really the biggest one that was upcoming uh, for the longest time. And when it released and it was only six bucks a month, I was like, whoa, well, all right then. <laughs> Shoot, I thought this was going to be, you know, 10, 15 bucks a month like some of the other services. And I never, uh, I was never the type of person to invest all the money into cable TV. Like I never had all the channels and all the extra channels and, and things like that. So my monthly cable bill usually ran out to about $160, $170 a month, especially if we watch pay-per-views in a given month. And if you consider that Amazon Prime, the service itself, which includes the Amazon Prime video, runs like $100, $110 for the year. Mm-hmm. And Disney Plus runs, when you buy for the year, is like 60 or 70 bucks. So for right about the cost of one month of DirecTV, which is what I had, I have a year of programming yeah. for Disney Plus and Amazon, which yeah. is pretty damn reasonable. Yeah, and especially and considering with Amazon, given, given you also get offer. the other uh, advantages to Prime, which include some music options. and doesn't include the full Amazon Music Library, but it does include more than you get without Prime. Right. And uh, it also gives you access to Kindle content, some e- e-books for free that are included with Prime that yeah. you, that aren't without it. So you're getting not just the video content. You're the Prime membership really does kind of give you a little a little bit of everything. Um, I get my money's worth just from shipping because oh, yeah. I use it for I have my monthly subscribe and save set up. So I get mm-hmm. my my coffee, my Keurig cups delivered monthly. I have oh. uh, five different flavors on rotation. So each month I get a different box of 100 K-Cups from Amazon. And then I have, like, my wife's deodorant comes that way. I get my little, like, the, you know, those those nose strips you put on to try to help keep you from snoring. I use those. Oh, yeah. I get those delivered through Amazon. Dryer sheets, laundry soap, um, dog food. Dog food's a big one. Like, I save so much money on dog food buying from Amazon. I get the same bag that would cost me $25 at the grocery store is 18 bucks on Amazon with free shipping. I'm like, why would I drive myself to the store to pay more for this product? <laughs> yeah. But um, I think I'm pushing maybe, when I look at my list here, I think I'm pushing maybe $100 a month on streaming services, and that's being a little bit excessive. It's probably closer to 90 right. but. And we're a little bit that, higher you know, than that, but that's built, because so the yeah we're a little bit higher than that, but that's because the Hulu with live TV package is a little pricier. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we do get our full use out of that. Um, my wife is home a lot due to health issues, and it really um, gives her the content she wants to have. So it, any, it's a lot uh, of stuff that uh, any challenges educating your family on how to use the apps and you know where they can find their content. Um, surprisingly, no, not really. Um, well, you know, my kids are 20, so they got this stuff. They, they know, they know how to figure it out. Um, as far as everybody else, it's, it's fairly simple because we, we have the, uh, 
three total TVs in the house. We have one in our bedroom, the girls have one in theirs, and we got the main TV in the living room. And all three of them are Roku TVs. So it's real simple on Roku to just go into the Roku search, and it'll tell you. If you want to find a specific thing, you can just search it in Roku, and it'll tell you what service is it on and whether it's something that you have to rent buy or if it's included in your subscription. And beyond that, I also use a program or an app called Just Watch, which is usually fairly up to date with most things, um, telling you where something is available, uh, whether it's streaming or whether it's something that's only available for rent or purchase. So any thoughts on, you know, I know we wanted to talk about streaming originals a bit more. And I'm going to just jump out here and say I'm really excited to see stuff like The Irishman come along where you have what would ordinarily have been a theatrical release, Mm -hmm. which The Irishman did see a very limited theatrical screening. But which I I really likely was uh, intentionally just to make sure that it was officially um, eligible for certain awards. Because there are certain awards that haven't caught up with the times, and if it is just a streaming original, it's not eligible for them. The Oscars, for example, can't win an Oscar if 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 your movie wasn't in the theater, which I think they're going to have to start thinking about changing those rules. Yeah. But in the meantime, you know, companies that have the money like Netflix can be like, yeah, we'll put it in, we'll put it in the exact number of theaters we need to, to make this officially eligible. And I'm really looking forward to this trend because uh, I really don't feel like going out to the movie theater anymore. There, there would be movies that I would go see in the theater. Absolutely. Um, that being said, I go out to the theater maybe once or twice a year because I'm just a hermit. So I am. So being able to watch The Irishman on my tablet or on my, you know, on my big screen TV in my man cave is phenomenal. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on the trend towards more original movies hitting services like Netflix and, and stuff like that? Oh, I'm all for it. Um like you said, I don't get out to the movies um, nearly as infrequently as you, but also not nearly as frequently as a lot of people I know. Sure. Um, I actually have uh, – we have the Cinemark Theaters around here, and they have their movie club, which is mm-hmm. uh, like 8 bucks a month. And you get – for that 8 bucks a month, you get one admission to any showing that's a 2D showing, which is fine by me because I'm not really big on 3D movies anyway. Same. And it also includes a 20% discount on concessions and you can build up points to get, you know, discount, other discounts on concessions, stuff like that. But the biggest thing for me, the, the thing that actually made me pull the trigger on doing it was when they changed the program to allow your ticket to roll over. When they first released the program, you had to use your ticket that month or you didn't keep it. And so right. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to get out to the theater every single month, but me and the wife going out once every two months or me and the wife and the kid going out once every three months. That's conceivable. That's, <laughs> that's actually conceivable. And that's how we've been, been using it. Um, like we went out and saw star Wars last weekend, as a matter of fact, and I had three credits in my account and was able to use those to, uh, to go see star Wars, uh, which was awesome. By the way, I, I don't care what the haters say. I really enjoyed this new trilogy. Um, no, it's not the original movies. But they're good. They're entertaining. And I like there them. Were, I've seen the first two. And there were a couple moments where it was like, yeah, we're just we're doing the greatest hits. But there was some some fresh original perspectives on things that I did appreciate. I'm definitely not in the hater club. 
I, I love Star Wars. It's it's right up there for me. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the third this third movie and I eventually. <laughs> Probably when it hits a streaming service near you. Um, exactly. That was one that with Star Wars movies like that's something I'm like, yeah, I really want to see those in the theater. Uh, the only one that I didn't see in the theater was Solo. I waited for that one to hit Netflix, and I'm kind of glad I did because it was it was thoroughly meh. I mean, I enjoyed it, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm glad I didn't make an outing of this movie because I would have been yeah. I would have been disappointed. Um, I went into it expecting a heist movie, and that's what I got. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't bad. I'm not saying that at all. I don't want anybody to uh, to mistake that, but I am glad that that's the one that I skipped in the theaters because that's the one that I think uh, deserved it the most. Um, I'm really glad that I saw the other ones in the theaters. I actually, what's, what's kind of funny to me is I really liked the first two of these new movies for the exact reasons that most of the people that I've talked to that didn't like them, didn't like them. I've talked to a lot of people who are like, Oh, I hated the force awakens. Cause it was just like a new hope all over again. And I was like, well, that's, that's why I liked it. It was, uh, it was them showing us that, hey, look, we can go back to the roots. We can go back to what made this series good and not this midi-chlorian, baloney, garbage right. nonsense that we got from the prequels. Um, and then the second one, everybody was like, it was nothing like the first one. Everything would, All my expectations were shattered. I'm like, that's why I liked it. Because you went in with these expectations and they just turned them on their head and said, nope, you're not going to get what you expected. And I loved it. <laughs> So um, I had absolutely no idea what to expect going into the third one, and I loved that. So I, I really enjoyed it. I think you will, too, when you get a chance to watch it. Uh, let me know when you do, because I wanted to, uh, I would like to discuss. But, I would imagine uh, by, the, by the next time we get around to producing an episode, we'll, I'll, have, I'll have caught that one. There you go. So. <laughs> well, it should be uh, – those, those should be hitting Disney Plus now – uh, fairly quickly after their theatrical run, I would think. Yeah. I would think Disney is going to be, you know, they just, uh, Aladdin just hit on Disney Plus, and that was just in theaters like fairly recently. So I'm thinking that the turnaround time from theater to digital, especially for anything owned by Disney, is going to be pretty darn quick these days. Yeah. So I think we've already talked. I'm looking at our show notes, which uh, we, we we have show notes, what, guys, what, for reals. What, like, what I know notes. if you're listening to, to the show, you think, these guys don't have any kind of notes. They're not following any kind of plan. <laughs> we're we're, we we're semi-pro. You know? <laughs> we have a vague outline of the things we want to talk about. Um, and we kind of we, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but I want to ask these specific questions. Um, I want to know if you think if the advent of streaming originals has helped or hurt the entertainment industry in total. It has helped deliver fresh original content, but the trend towards every entity and copyright holder spinning up their own um, streaming service is going to push people back to piracy. I agree. I agree. As of right now, I think streaming originals has helped the entertainment industry as a whole, because not only, like I said, I think we're seeing more actors uh, getting work that maybe wouldn't have before because they didn't fit the mold that advertisers thought we wanted. Mm -hmm. And uh, that in itself is a good thing for the industry. It's kind of uh, breaking the stigma of, oh, you have to look like this to be on TV. No, you don't. You just have to be a good actor. And there are yep. a lot of good actors that don't look like one particular mold of these standard white guy, standard white girl. And the, you know, the white guy can range in age from 20 all the way up to 80. No problem. Girl's got to be 25. 
every time. <laughs> that's that's it. Um, we don't have that anymore with streaming originals, especially. And I, like I said, I don't know if there's any kind of causality there or not, but it seems to be happening about the same time. We're just opening up ourselves to this this talent that we weren't before. Yep. Um, and that brings me to the next question: Has it helped or hurt the consumer? Has it helped or hurt us? And I think the answer for me is basically the same. It's it has helped us as of right now. However, we are kind of we're reaching in a, that we're in the the period of time right now where you know I I will grudgingly admit that competition is a good thing, but the next couple of years are going to be the winnowing of streaming services down to the big three or the big four that are going to persist. Right. So I, I still think we're going to see Amazon Prime on the backside of all this. We're still going to see Disney Plus. We're still going to see Netflix. Um, I I would lay a Chipotle burrito on the table that says I don't think that all of the network streaming services are going to survive. I would say CBS, since they were one of the first ones out of the gate with strong content, will still survive purely on the Star Trek strength of Star Trek license <laughs> for as long as they can ride that pony. Um, I don't think NBC trying to start up their Peacock network and you know, running the office 24-7 is going to, you know, get them where they need to go. But, and I don't know, does ABC even offer a streaming service? I don't think they... They have an, they have an app, Plus, right? but most of their content is available on Hulu. Um, okay. And I think it's actually available on Hulu before it's available on their app or website. If I recall correctly, for ABC shows, if you want to watch them online, you have to wait until the day after the next episode airs. So basically it's like eight days after airing is when it's available on abc.com or the ABC app. Oh, yeah. But on Hulu, it's available the next day. So that advertiser revenue. So it's – yeah, it's – ABC is really tied in with Hulu. So I don't think we'll see them break away anytime soon. Um, that's something that we can watch for because we'll start to see the same kind of thing that we saw with Disney where some of their content started – slowly disappearing from other platforms. We started seeing, um, most notably for me, and most disappointingly for me, was the discontinuation of the Marvel Netflix series. Which I think we touched on in our last episode. Yeah, those were, I thought, absolutely fantastic. I thought all of them were well done. There were some weaker ones and some stronger ones for sure, but I really enjoyed all of them start to finish, and I was very disappointed um, when I found out they were being discontinued and not being brought back in another form somewhere else. Like we might get more Marvel TV shows on Disney plus, but they're not going to be the same, the same animal that we had before. And while they might be good, uh, I really liked where they were going with that universe, the keeping the MCU together, but you had this kind of side, this TV side that was just kind of smaller and more focused on these, these littler communities as opposed to the big MCU, you know, the Avengers saving the entire galaxy all the time. You know, these people just, you know, like I'm just protecting my neighborhood and that was fine. I really liked Daredevil. that kind of transposition between the two. Daredevil was amazing. Oh, it really was. Um, Hands down, some of the best streaming television that has been put out, period, Daredevil, especially uh, season one. Yeah, season one and uh, season three. I think those two uh, – season two was good as well, but uh, one and three were definitely season. the strongest, I thought. Um, and Punisher was really good as well. Season one was amazing. I had to – I don't know that I made it through all, all the way through season two. I enjoyed season two. It wasn't as strong as the first, um, but it was it was very good. I enjoyed it anyways. Um, yeah, just 
absolutely fantastic television, well done from the acting to the directing, the the music, everything, especially um man, the music in Luke Cage. Oh, just oh, perfect. perfection. It was great. Uh, yeah, so I was really disappointed to see those go, and knowing that it was because Disney was consolidating their properties to put out their own streaming service, but they weren't going to be bringing back these shows that already existed. Yeah. So I hope we don't see that sort of thing too often, um, even oh, when I, there are more streaming services offered. I, I hope that they allow what's already there to continue to flourish or at least move it. So this is kind of a, a niche slash deep cut of the Marvel Universe, but I'm really excited to hear that we're getting a Moon Knight TV show. Ah. If you've never heard of Moon Knight, you'll, if you ever say, oh, that's just Marvel's Batman, somebody's going to cold cock you. <laughs> but, so, if, if yeah, I'll just, just go look it up, Moon Knight, and I'm really excited that it's coming to Disney Plus at some point in the near future. Yeah, I heard about that one. That looks uh, looks like it could be interesting. Um, I was never big into the Moon Knight books. I think I read a couple of them uh, here and there, but it um, wasn't one that was like on my read list or anything like that. But I wasn't like, oh, I forget this either. So um, yeah. then again, you know, Daredevil was never really one of my favorite books either. I read a few here and there. I I, yeah. I read some Deadpool books that daredevil appeared in briefly um but for the most part it wasn't really really my thing and i don't think i ever read a luke cage book but yet i enjoyed the heck out of that series so um, i read a couple of power man and iron fist when i was growing up and i always i always liked the iron fist character so i was kind of excited to see him make his way to the big screen or not the big screen but the small screen even though it you know <laughs> slightly above mediocre offering i i thought the way they approached it was pretty novel but did you see season two i did i was kind of really with the finale i was uh, i was so mad only because i knew at that point that we weren't getting a season three yeah. and so when they ended it and i was like no <laughs> I, I really you? enjoyed season one because of the villain and mm-hmm. because of the relationship that he had with the villain's son yes and i thought that was some really great storytelling and the the actor that played i, I forget i don't even remember the name but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, the, the, the series you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I thought he really just, you know, he was a, a villain that you really hated, but you were really rooting for him to not be the villain anymore. Yeah. And there's a lot of good stuff happening there. So. Yeah, I, I would classify him almost as a as an anti-villain. Not, not necessarily, you know, I wouldn't call him an anti-hero. He wasn't yeah. good enough to get that. But he also wasn't 100% bad either. He was yeah. kind of being led down the wrong path. But um yeah, I no, I completely agree with you. That actor uh, definitely picked up that season of the show because the rest of the acting was a little weak around him, especially yeah, especially the Danny Rand character. That first season I mean, was you, really rough. When you understand how where he how he grew up and where he came from, you can understand some of his naivete coming back to the city and you know some of his childlike the way that he approached things. But um, by season two, yeah, it was just kind of annoying. I thought he got better though. I, the actor himself, I thought he was stronger in season two. I really enjoyed season two. I actually, that one was actually one of my favorite. Um, I, I would rank that up there in at least the top half of all the Marvel series that came out on Netflix. That season was, was up there for me. 
So I really, I really enjoyed Luke Cage. I, I liked the complexity of the character and the burden that he felt for his neighborhood and the history of, you know, of Harlem and the way that the, the struggle of the black man in America society today was really put on screen. And I, I really enjoyed that, that show. Yeah. I, I really liked, um, especially the first half of the first season was really, really good. I felt they did a little bit of shark jumping in the second half of the first season. Yeah, not enough. Dig it. Not enough to completely turn me off, but I really thought the first half of the season was a lot stronger. It kind yeah. of it was more real, more gritty, and more relatable than and then it got real, real comic booky at the end of the season. Yeah, so yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, well, I, yes, this is still a comic book show and I get it. But I'm like, man, the first half was so good. And the second half was a little lackluster in comparison, but it was still good. And the second season was fantastic. I really enjoyed the second season. So again, I'm disappointed that they're now gone because Disney wanted to consolidate their, their properties. I'd be yeah. fine with them, them doing that. They've got enough content that I didn't have a problem with Disney being like, okay, we've got, you know, with between Disney and Marvel and Pixar and <laughs> star Wars, all of this stuff, they've got enough content there, I think to support their own streaming service. And so far, I think it's been worth the money. Um, but I wish it didn't have to be at a sacrifice of these other shows that were really good. So uh, along the topic of how has it helped to hurt the consumer? Um, so Disney Plus is undeniably a juggernaut. And what are your thoughts on the gradual absorption of everything non-Disney into the Disney brand? <laughs> um, and that it, might be its own episode. Who knows? Oh, but. man, it's... It's tough when I saw when they started uh, buying up everything, and oh, that's another point I meant to make um, when we were talking about ABC. ABC is part of that as well. ABC is owned by Disney. Yep. So um, I, I I feel like it's only a matter of time, but before we start seeing ABC content being pulled from other streaming services and put either on Disney Plus or as some sort of add-on to Disney Plus or something like that. But um, I think Hulu is going to be their delivery vehicle for everything that they want to publish that doesn't, quote-unquote, tarnish the Disney brand. So, or, you know, would cause controversy to the Disney brand. Right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And they, I'm, they've obviously got a pretty sweet deal with Hulu going on right now because they've been satisfied with it and continued it. They've continued renewing it. From what I understand, they don't have multi-year deals with these companies. So the fact that they've renewed them and kept them going means that they're, they're getting what they want out of it. Obviously Hulu is happy with having that content to offer. So I think it's a, it's a win-win there. Yeah. I, I admit when Disney first started snatching stuff up, you know, when they, when they snatched up star, star Wars, I was wary at first. I was like, okay, why, um, you know, Lucas was holding on so tightly to that for so long. Uh, and it was. It seemed like he was never ever gonna let it go. Like it was literally gonna be a you, you can pry Star Wars from my cold dead hands type of situation. Right. And when they started throwing B billions at him, it was like, wow, okay, they really want this property. What are they gonna do with it if they're spending that much money on it? They don't want. They're not gonna just be satisfied with what's already been made and just broadcasting it. They're they're gonna have to make new stuff and are. Are we going to get the rest of the trilogy? Are we going to, you know, the the trilogy of trilogies? Are we going to get 
all three, you know, what's going on? And I will admit I was really wary at first as to, you know, whether or not it would be Disneyfied uh, too much. And I, I have to say, I haven't been disappointed. I, I've been pretty happy consistently with their offerings. Um, with, with the Marvel movies, obviously, I absolutely love the MCU. I think they've done a fantastic job in keeping those, um, accessible, but yet still edgy enough and real enough to be entertaining for adults. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that's really where they, where they want to be. They want to be right on that edge where it's like, okay, we're kid friendly, but the adults are who's paying the money, and we know that. So we've got to keep them happy as well. And I think they've been doing a pretty good job of it so far. So as long as they continue to do so, I'm okay with it. I wouldn't want to see them absorb too much more because I think with what they've got already, they're in control of a lot of content. And I don't want one company to to have everything because that's when stuff will start to get stale. I'm a little I'm a little hesitant about you know the unstoppableness of disney right now so but i am glad that when they tried to put out a disney movie every year people just kind of stood up and said you know what no <laughs> we're, we're, we're not going to do this i'm that's not to knock the quality of those movies but i'm glad that people just kind of said you know what maybe you shouldn't be doing this and we there were plans for a kenobi movie which it sounds like are going to become a kenobi series on disney plus and I think there was a Boba Fett movie that was floated at one point, which would have been kind of cool. But we got the Mandalorian instead. So I'm kind of pleased to see where they're taking Star Wars. So I like the fact that they are willing to change based on yeah. what they, you know, what's going on. They they do kind of listen to the fans somewhat. Not not necessarily, you know, every single nasty thing that's said on the internet. They're like, oh, we've got to change everything now. But the fact that they are willing to look and say, okay, what do people want? And what is realistic to give them for that and, you know, changing the plans based on on what people actually want to see. Um, you know, I know when they first started with the MCU, there there were no plans whatsoever to ever have a standalone Black Widow film. Oh, yeah. But people said, hey, we want a Black Widow movie. <laughs> And, you know, yeah, it took four phases of <laughs> films <laughs> before we got it, but hey, <laughs> we're Wonder getting a Black Widow movie. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I, I appreciate that, but yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from as far as, you know, with the, if they absorb too much more, it's going to get to the point where it's, it's going to get stale. Everything's going to seem the same, um, you know. Even now, a little bit, you know, you look at Star Wars and you look at the Marvel movies and you kind of can see a little bit of similarity there that you never would have said you could see before. You would have never compared those two things together and been like, yeah, they're very similar. No, they're not. It's it's really a nice. I know I said this last episode, but it's and you're going to want to get your fuck button ready. But it's a really great fucking time to be a nerd right now. And I'm just really glad to see the kind of content that we're getting. And really pleased to see the long-form storytelling that we're getting. It's, it's, I'm really happy. Yeah, I think it's a great combination between the streaming services and the availability of acting and directing and, and just general movie making and filmmaking and TV making talent that's out there and that they're actually uh, using. But the effects are so much better and cheaper now than they ever have been. 
So we are getting just absolutely stunning visuals in these fi- in these films and these TV shows that in the past television would never be able to have afforded. You know, we, you look at older TV shows and such that were sci-fi or fantasy style, and you look at those effects compared to what you get now, and it's such a shocking difference. <laughs> Just absolutely stark difference between, you know, you, you get better stuff now in TV than you got in films even three, four years ago. Yeah, it's, agreed. It's absolutely amazing. So yeah, as that technology progresses, I think we'll even we'll, we'll eventually look back on this stuff and be like, oh, my gosh, how, how could we have watched that? It was terrible. Um, <laughs> even though like right now we're like, this is amazing. Um, I'd say that only because I, I just went back and watched. Um, I'm getting myself prepared for Picard later this month. And so I finished my complete rewatch of TNG again. Um, I probably <laughs> watched TNG all the way through at least two dozen times if not more, um, start to finish every single episode. I'm a completist. I watch every episode, even Code of Honor. I watch it when I'm going through. There's there's episodes that I w- wish I could bring myself to skip. I'm looking at you, Sub Rosa, but <laughs> I, I don't. Is, is that I, the I, Dr. Crusher episode? Yes, that's the one where she gets raped by the weird space ghost. Uh, oh, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, just, just so bad. <laughs> oh, oh uh, that yeah. episode is just terrible. Um, but I, I watch it. I watch it all the way through. And then when I got finished with the series, I watched all four. I actually did this the other night. I was waiting. Uh, my wife was coming back from a trip, and she, I had to pick her up from the train station at 3 a.m. So I was like, I'm not going to go to bed and try to get up at 3 a.m. to go to the train station. I'm just going to go ahead and stay up. And so I binged through. I had actually just gotten up to uh, All Good Things that afternoon so i was like okay so i watched all good things part one and two then i watched generations then i watched first contact then i watched insurrection then i watched nemesis um so now all i have is a couple of episodes of voyager that i guess uh, pertain to seven of nine's character in uh picard that i need to watch but i'm totally prepared but watching some so, of the visual effects in some of those older and i i shuddered i I date myself so horribly by saying older when I'm talking about those movies, but they they really are. Some the, of the visual uh, effects in there. The most Look at recent um, Picard trailer. Did you catch the song that they used in the in that trailer? Yes. Oh man, and I I don't know yet what that means, but I'm very you've, curious. You've seen, you've seen Nemesis though, right? Oh yeah. So, so you know how that song is used in Nemesis, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what okay. I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know what that means to Picard yet, yes. because yes. we know that. We know that Data is in Picard, but we've only seen Data, data? as um, <laughs> well. We've only seen Data as a dream or a vision or a memory that Picard was having. Beyond right. that, we know that Before is in Picard. Yes. Um, we also know that there were some other suspiciously soon-looking androids coming yes. off of some sort of the assembly the line. Mass-produced. And I don't know if Android, have you watched the short treks? Yes. You saw Children of Mars. Yes. Did you see the the headline of that news report that was coming uh, in at the at end of that the episode? End where Admiral Picard is devastated or something like yes. that? Yes. I did see that, yes. Yes. So it's all very interesting in combination yeah, with them playing that song. Short Treks away from Star Trek specifically or Discovery specifically and kind of using it to, to flesh out the larger Star Trek universe that they're trying to build. Yeah. Yeah. This set of short treks, I, I felt the 
Children of Mars was the only one that like directly tied in to anything we're going to to see. The rest of them were just kind of fun little shorts. I kind of took them with a grain of salt as far as you know how they fit into canon. But Children of Mars was specifically advertised as being a lead-in to Picard. I so, um, and even like the the trailer that we've seen for Picard, we see him like waking up, like he's, you know, the voiceover is saying something about being haunted by mistakes from his past, and you see him waking up from a nightmare or something like that, and you see the attack on Mars that takes place in Children of Mars ah, in the background okay. of that scene in Picard. So it's like, okay, so this definitely ties directly in. And the whole uh, thing of the rogue synths attacking, it's like, ooh, synths, huh? What, what's this about? Like, uh, uh, I, I wonder if they're, if they tried, I wonder if they're going to call back to uh, that one guy that wanted to take ownership of data and, and begin to replicate that was him and, That was one of the rumors that I saw online, because if you look at that, uh, I think it was yeah, F8, yeah. Was the was the android that uh, we saw, and somebody pointed mm-hmm. out that it's like it doesn't quite look exactly like Data, but if you were to blend Data and Maddox, uh, <laughs> it's like oh man, oh you're blowing my mind. Um, yeah, that was you know Measure of Man. They they talked about how he wanted to create essentially a race of androids that would be essentially enslaved to the Federation, and that's something that. Picard helped keep from happening back in season two of Next Generation. Yeah. I want to see another Doomsday Machine episode, damn it. <laughs> from the original series, you know, that's a bit that's a pretty big callback. I would love to see another Doomsday Machine type episode where another one of those things comes crawling through, you know, some solar system somewhere and they have to try to destroy it, only it's ten times bigger and ten times more powerful. And that would be that would be awesome. Sorry, I'm, I, I let my fanboy show there. A no, bit. no, no, absolutely fine. I I don't mind at all. Um, so, how many more streaming services do you think the consumer base can handle before we, as a group, just say okay, no, and we start whittling down dramatically, like to the point where not just cutting one or two here or there, but like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to pick my two top ones and that's it. So does world wrestling entertainment have a streaming service yet? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> and so my guess is, is when they do their own streaming service, that's when we will have quote unquote jump the shark. <laughs> we will have hit peak streaming service. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and if you like watching wrestling, that's fine. I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying that if you know they're if they're willing to cash in on this trend, then we will have hit peak streaming service. All right. Well, um, you heard it here first, folks. Um, I'm, I'm I have to I have to Google that now just just to make sure that it doesn't already exist because that would be uh, hilarious. WWE Saturday Night Main Uh-oh. Event, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That was a horrible impersonation of Hulk Hogan. Oh, was that was that was that Hogan that you were going with? <laughs> like I said, it was a horrible. It was obviously a horrible impersonation. Now, so tell you uh, yeah. So there's a WWE Network, and evidently, if you sign up for it, you can get your first month free. I don't know if that's actually a streaming service or if it's a yeah. Oh nope. Here we go. WWE Network is an online video streaming service, just like Netflix and Hulu. It says in parentheses. <laughs> 
Oh my god. <laughs> Where okay, you can watch so. all of WWE's pay-per-view events at no additional cost. Okay, quick, quick. I need another I need another streaming service that doesn't <laughs> exist yet that will indicate that we've hit peak streaming because uh, we currently already have. <laughs> Evidently oh we've done it. We we've we the bubble has burst at, okay. at WWE. All right. So now if WWE sees their numbers spike by, you know, like twenty three because of us, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome and uh thank you, you can mail the off, check. Thank you for too. listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> Second, enjoy your streaming content. Enjoy how you spend your money. <laughs> yeah. That's ultimately what it comes down to is people are going to vote with their wallets. And right now yeah. it's one of those things where it's they're still small enough. Each one is still small enough that People can can make that concession, be like, okay, yeah, I can add one more. I can add one more. I can add one more. But people are going to get to the point, like I was, when you know, when Disney Plus came out, I wasn't originally going to jump on it. Like I, I hadn't pre-ordered it. I hadn't, you know, oh, planned I day one I was getting on getting it. it. <laughs> it was one of those things that my biggest thing was that I wanted to have access to all the Star Wars movies. And I wanted to have access to all the Marvel movies. Yep. Well, I already own all the Marvel movies, all the MCU movies on uh, either Vudu or uh, Ultraviolet or you know some form of digital that it's all tied into my Movies Anywhere account. So I have access to all of those that have come out up to Endgame already. So that wasn't an issue. And Star Wars, I have multiple copies of the ones I actually want to see in various formats somewhere here or there, the other place. So that wasn't really a big issue either. For me, it was going to be what original content are they bringing to the table and how much is it going to cost? And when I saw that, okay, we're getting a star Wars show, uh, the Mandalorian, at least, you know, right from the get go. And they also have the, uh, the Jeff Goldblum show, the world according to Jeff Goldblum. That is a great show. If you like Jeff Goldblum, which I do, that's a fantastic show. I highly recommend watching that. That's fun. I don't know. Have you seen any of those episodes? I am not a Jeff Goldblum fan. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I, I think I watched the first two episodes. Um, I think I stopped at the tattoo episode, oh. which may have been the second episode. But anyway. Yeah, I don't remember in which order they went, but I just I love his sense of wonder about everything. I don't know. I just I, I dig him. I, I like him. So if you do. You'll love love the show because it doesn't matter what he's talking about. He makes it interesting to me. Yeah. but well, the, the guy obviously has spirit and he has style and he has panache. But uh, sometimes he just gets off on these tangents that are just so awkward and cringeworthy that I just have to have to move on to something else. <laughs> I can understand. Undeni- undeniably stylish and, and smooth. I, I will admit that he is so smooth and so stylish. But oh, yeah. I, Imag- I can oh, only man. take him in doses. I, I can only imagine the the fashion designer's dream of him and Karen Gillan walking walking into a room together. Like the two of them are just two of the most stylish people, I think uh, on the Absolutely. planet. Absolutely. But um, yeah, when I saw that they had stuff like that and they had all the movies that I wanted and, you know, they had a lot of the shows that uh, my daughter liked when she was a kid. And so it's like, okay, you know, they, they'll go back and rewatch that stuff as kind of like a nostalgia type thing. Plus we'll have something easy if we're ever babysitting, you know, we've got, Oh yeah, hey, yeah. Easy, easy way to find decent kids programming that isn't completely terrible because we can pick and choose. Some kids television programming is just absolutely awful. There's some stuff, yeah. and even from Disney, that is just, and it's it's not just about like poor quality acting and bad jokes and Lots. stuff like that. That I can tolerate. What I don't like is the fact that ninety percent of these shows are all about kids just 
behaving poorly all yeah. the time and being generously rewarded for it somehow. Yeah. They never get in any serious trouble. They're always doing terrible things. The uh, adults I, are always idiots in these shows. I think we just became old people. <laughs> yeah, but we're bitching, about, we're bitching about two generations removed from us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> these young kids these days. Sorry, kids. <laughs> oh. we're the, no, we are officially the olds. Yeah. Are, yeah. All the kids that are listening are like, really? <laughs> yeah, the kids are like, like, okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine. Uh, but but yeah, it's, AF, cringe. When, when I saw that, <laughs> when I saw that came out, uh, and then I looked at the price, and I looked at you know, like, well, okay. And when I found that I was paying for stuff that I didn't even need, uh, you know, I was it was an easy decision. But I think yeah. I would have gotten it even if I didn't find anything to cut at that time, because it was the content right from day one was there, and I only and I knew that. It, that content was only going to grow over time. It's not going to get lessened most likely, although they did just remove several movies that had people all up in arms. Um, nothing that I cared about, but there were some movies that were recently removed that people were like, why, why is Disney plus removing anything from their library? Like why is they're not going to be yeah, rotating this stuff out? Like home alone one and then kept two and three or home alone. They got rid of home alone one and two and got and kept three or something. Yeah. And people were upset by that for some reason. I can't figure that out, but um, other than the fact that, yeah, it's upsetting when content disappears when you weren't expecting it to. Right. That's one thing about these streaming services is when they rotate out content, it's, I get it. On one level, but on another level, I'm like, why can't you just, you can add stuff and leave the old stuff there so that I can go back to it. I hate when I think I'm going to watch something and I pull it up and it's not there anymore. That is so frustrating. <laughs> um, it's, I don't know, I, I, I we're, we're complaining about the consolidation of certain properties and franchises and how it's splitting up our uh, you know how it could possibly split up what we subscribe to but at the same time like i just said i i watched all those movies uh the next gen movies i wasn't able to watch them all in one place i had to watch i watched uh first contact and um generations on cbs all access then i watched uh first con or insurrection on amazon prime i had to watch nemesis on a free service called crackle that oh, yeah. uh, it, it it was the full movie uncut. It wasn't the it wasn't like a TV edit of the movie, but it did have ads just interjected kind of seemingly randomly. Like <laughs> it just every now and then just boom, here's an ad. Oh, OK, <laughs> we're, we're having an ad now. But I couldn't bring myself to paying to pay to watch Nemesis uh, again. Sure, so sure. I'm like and it wasn't available on any other services. I couldn't even rent it from Amazon. Like it wasn't even available for rent on Amazon. Like I might have spent the three bucks to watch it commercial free, but wasn't even available. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll watch it with ads because I'm certainly not paying the full 15 bucks or whatever to own it. I already yeah, have yeah, it yeah. on DVD somewhere. I know I have, I have the entire collection on DVD somewhere. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not paying for this twice, <laughs> but it would be nice to have some things consolidated. And I know with uh, CBS and Viacom coming together, there's a possibility there for all of the Star Trek content. Oh uh, yeah, I to be in one place. 
So yeah, that, so, that would solidify the CBS delivery method. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping the one thing that comes out of that is that we can get all of the Star Trek content on, in one place all together so that I can just easily, anytime I want to watch something Trek, I can just fire up CBS and be like, here we go. Anyway, man, so much content out there. and There really is. I, I mean, and like we talked about last episode, there's so much out there that isn't available yet. So it, there's still content out there. Some older shows that maybe didn't even make it to DVD. Like somebody somewhere has the original films of this stuff, you know, like like my Viper. Where's my Viper? <laughs> oh, yeah, we did talk about that last episode. <laughs> like there's there's still content out there that can be moved over to streaming media that exists already. And then obviously people are always going to consume more. So as long as they keep producing good content and delivering it to us, I think we'll continue to to buy it and to to watch it. There's a lot of good stuff out there. I just really hope that uh, the quality doesn't drop off from what we're seeing currently because right now I think we're we're at a perfect level uh, of quality. We're really getting some really good stuff in a timely manner um, as opposed to, you know, yeah, they might be able to up the quality somehow. I don't know, but make it take even longer. And right now, I think even sometimes we're waiting too long for some things. But once we get it, then it's like, oh, I was, it was worth the wait. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think ultimately right now we're at a really good point. But I think that, as we said, there's yeah, still these companies that want to. Yeah, they, they want more. They want more. And they're going to try and be like, well, we, can, we could launch a streaming service. We could have our own. And we're going to get to a point where there's going to be too many and there's going to be need to be some way to consolidate it. And hopefully that happens in rapid fashion. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we get this boom of expansion and then the consolidation right away when they realize, you know what, this isn't working. We need to, we need to have bundles. We need to have something easy to just group everything together. I think we're going to, I would hate to see us move back to a, cable tv model where you know there's the one front end and to get the three things you really want you have to buy 20 things that you don't really want and yeah i'm not i'm not looking forward to how the next five to ten years are going to unfold for streaming services and especially as you mentioned at the top of the show how net neutrality might factor into that Um, not only from a trying to choke out the competition standpoint but from a you know, the cable companies or the Internet service providers trying to step in and start charging people for the amount of video they're consuming on a month on a monthly basis. Yeah. Which we're already sort of we're seeing in the cell phone world and, you know, watching streaming video on your cell phone unless you have an unlimited plan. And even then unlimited has got a big asterisk out to the side of it. You know, data should be free. <laughs> it should move freely. You shouldn't inject artificial scarcity into the economy just because, you know, 15,000 extra bits crossed your wire that day. And it's just, just not how the amortization of your hardware works. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah. So far, the uh, demise of net neutrality has not been as destructive as I feared it could be. But yet the no one's yeah. really pushed the limit yet. Yeah. Right now we're just seeing a few things here or there. We're like, oh, well, if you subscribe to this service, you get this service for free. Or I think a couple of the cell phone companies um, would be like, okay, well, if you sign up with us, Netflix doesn't count towards your data. And that's the beginning of exactly much worse things. Like, yeah, it seems 
cool at the beginning. You're like, oh, cool. I can watch all the Netflix I want. It doesn't count against my data. But really what that means is that it's choking out every other service. When you want to watch something on Hulu, uh, oh, crap, now you're using your data. And now you're being throttled. And or it's, and or it's buffering a lot more. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I, I don't like that at all. I'm really unhappy with that whole situation. Um, hopefully something happens in the future to restore the balance as far as that goes. But, uh, yeah, it, it could get pretty scary uh, depending on how it is dealt with by the, you know, how the companies choose to deal with it going forward. Um, right now, the Internet service providers are still keeping things fairly open as far as, you know, here's your data, use it how you want, but you pay us for X number of gigabytes, and if you go over, you get slowed down or you get charges, or it's ridiculous, but at least they're not picking and choosing what sites we can go to just yet. Yeah, exactly. All right, until then, I think I'm going to keep watching Picard, keep watching Discovery. I wish <laughs> that we get a Watchmen season two, which, according to news today, we might not get. Hmm. Um, but, you know, the other might watch Lord of the Rings if and when it ever hits. Looking forward to the Orville coming up this year. I really enjoyed the the Orville uh, for what it was. Um, just a, a fun sci-fi with a bit of comedy. It wasn't too heavy-handed with the comedy, but it was good sci-fi. It was just, you know, s- solid sci-fi stories. Some of, the, some of the best speculative fiction I've seen on TV in a while. Yeah, it was. I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm glad that that's coming back, and I'm glad it's coming back in a format that might even allow him some more freedom to um, open up a little bit. But I hope that it's not at a sacrifice of story. You know, I hope he doesn't just go for shock, but... I'm kind of looking forward to a more R-rated Orville to see, you know... Oh, I'm fine with they, that. ...what they do with the action and... and oh, yeah, no, no, that. I'm absolutely fine with that as far as, you know, yeah, the action and the, you know, even the, the comedy, you know, going a little darker, a little heavier, that's fine. I just don't want it to sacrifice the story and, um, oh, great. you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, we get these situations where the, the shock comedy overtakes everything else. It's It's all about trying to offend somebody and i don't care i'm not offended by it i just don't think it's funny so it doesn't i don't enjoy it so i hope it doesn't go that direction but i don't think it will i think he's doing a really good job he's wanted to tell these stories for a long time i mean he was trying so hard to get involved with track um and you know all he was ever able to do was get a cameo on enterprise but beyond that uh He's finally getting to tell these stories that he's wanted to tell for a while, so I, I think I think it's going to be all right, and I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be it'll be an interesting five years anyway. So we'll see we'll see who survives the great purge of you know whatever year it is. <laughs> the the bubble is going to burst. It's a coming. Yeah, because <laughs> there there is a WWE streaming service, so the bubble's bursting. Yep, we we know we know that it's coming based on that fact alone. Yep. Um, yeah, at some point, at some point, we're going to have the great streaming wars, and uh, all streaming services will be Taco Bell. Um, mm, Taco Bell. <laughs> That's a great movie. I love that movie. Oh, it's so it's so fantastically bad. It's amazing. It's I I love it too. It is one of the worst best movies ever. I I work. Um, a Sylvester Stallone style Mickey Mouse piece of shit into my vocabulary at least monthly. <laughs> Something will piss me off and I'll just play like, you Mickey Mouse piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Such I, a great gift. I, I commonly ask my daughter what's her boggle. Uh, so, <laughs> or, or, or tell the dogs to enhance their calm. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, do you have any uh, final thoughts or words about uh, streaming services? Uh, I, th- I think I've talked this one out. I think people already know what my opinions are. So I'll hand it over. I'll hand it over to you, buddy. Uh, I, I I'm right there with you. I think uh, we've made our thoughts known, but we would love to hear from you guys. Our listeners, please hit us up. We are available on Twitter, Instagram, um, at it matters, not pod, um, on pretty much every social media platform. If you want to hit us up directly, I'm at Eric J. Dewey on Instagram, Twitter, untapped Chris, you're online too. I am on Instagram at that underscore Adams underscore guy. Same for untapped. I am not on the Twitters any longer and that's, I'm on, I'm on Facebook too, but you know, it's just for friends and family. So yeah. Hit me up on Insta. Yeah. And follow, and follow my TikTok. No, I, I'm, I, I have a TikTok account. Um, I think I opened the app once so every couple of weeks, maybe. If I did that, my daughter would run screaming off of the internet. I mean, I, I don't. I don't intend on posting any videos or anything. But every now and then, there is some amusing stuff on there. And actually, I have found that there um, are a lot of videos of people doing some really great guitar work. Um, and I've really been enjoying those videos. Like half of my like feed is just people playing guitar. Yeah, I've officially hit old fogey status. I have no interest in exploring that app. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Gen hey. X olds. Hey. Freaking hey. old. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Go watch Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. And Picard. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. All right, folks. Well, until next time, I've been Eric. I've, I've tried to be Chris. <laughs> varying degrees of success. And uh, that was everything that doesn't matter. Mickey Mouse piece of shit. There is a point. Is there a point to all this? Let's find a point. Is there a point to my act? I would say there is. I have to. The world is like a ride at an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. And the ride goes up and down and round and round. It has thrills and chills, and it's very brightly colored, and it's very loud. And it's fun for a while. Some people have been on the ride for a long time, and they begin to question, is this real or is this just a ride? And other people have remembered, and they come back to us, and they say, hey, don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. And we kill those people. (laughs) Shut him up. We have a lot invested in this ride. Shut him up. Look at my furrows of worry. Look at my big bank account and my family. This has to be real. It's just a ride. But we always kill those good guys who try and tell us that. You ever notice that? And let the demons run amok? But it doesn't matter because it's just a ride. And we can change it anytime we want. It's only a choice. No effort, no work, no job, no savings of money. A choice right now between fear and love. The eyes of fear want you to put bigger locks on your door, buy guns, close yourself off. The eyes of love instead see all of us as one.